to Motivation Insiders, the podcast that explores the way incentive, recognition, and loyalty programs are designed, implemented, and measured. We look at motivation with an exclusive view from, well, the inside. Motivation Insiders is an ongoing podcast designed and produced by the IESP, the Incentive Engagement Solution Providers of the Incentive Marketing Association. Today's podcast is being sponsored by Quality Incentive Company, QIC, a longtime member of the IMA that currently serves on the board of the IESP. QIC consults on a variety of leadership initiatives related to the design, implementation, and administration of recognition programs for HR, sales, and safety. QIC's team approach focuses on client needs with methods that help uncover the key indicators needed to ensure ROI. You can learn more about QIC and reach out to them at www.qualityincentivecompany.com. My name is Paul Nolan. I'm the editor of Sales and Marketing Management, and I'm honored to be inheriting the hosting duties of Motivation Insiders from Tim Houlihan. A lot of managers in sales and otherwise are promoted to their leadership position because they were successful in a lesser role. They routinely hit and often exceeded their goals. Now that they're managing others, it can be challenging for them to understand and have patience for team members who miss their goals. In a recent article written for Harvard Business Review, time management coach Elizabeth Grace Saunders emphasized the importance of self-compassion when goals are missed. Self-compassion, she said, could be the difference between giving up on your goals or avoiding them completely and achieving them step by step, even when that may require a few steps back before you move forward again. It is important for managers to be mindful of compassion when working with employees who miss goals. You can't be patient indefinitely, of course, but as Saunders explains, compassion can help someone stick with their goals by heightening their ability to recover from setbacks instead of getting stuck in the endless rumination about what went wrong. It's also important to recognize that sometimes a missed goal isn't always solely the fault of the individual who missed it. In this episode, we talk with goal-setting specialists about some common mistakes in setting goals for others. We've identified five goal-setting sins that are critical to avoid. There are more than that, but the ones we discuss here are frequently repeated, often because they go unnoticed. Of course, every manager needs to be skillful at setting goals for their team members, but few take the time to assess their goal-setting abilities. Being mindful of these five pitfalls can go a long way to setting goals effectively. Let's jump in. Goal-setting sin number one. Failing to set SMART goals. Most people have heard about the importance of SMART goals, but how many make sure they are applying the formula? The acronym calls for goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Some thoughts on a few of these characteristics. Measurable. What gets measured gets improved. Attainable. Stretch goals are great, but people need to have a realistic expectation of achieving the goals that are set. And time-bound? We'll talk a little bit later about goals that have too long of a timeline and the negative impact that can have. Tom Miller is an instructor at Metropolitan State University of Denver who teaches courses on sales leadership and business. Earlier in his career, he founded a company that designed and administered workplace incentive and recognition programs. Miller said the SMART goal system is a great starting point when developing goals, and he adds some insights from the late leadership guru Stephen Covey on goal setting and how it ties into establishing good habits. 
Well, I, I, I think any any model, you know, smart goals, smart is a is a model for how one would think about any specific goal. And I'd I'd probably back the camera up a bit more and challenge people to think about why they're wanting to accomplish a, a specific goal and then get linear on it. I think SMART's a great acronym. I'm a fan of Stephen Covey and, and his seven habits. And, you know, the first one is a commitment to be proactive as opposed to reactive. So I'm going to go make things happen. And then right after that is habit number two is, is beginning with the end in mind. So, so that's Covey's way of saying, what's your goal? I've got to have a goal for, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's this call, maybe it's a day, maybe it's uh, a year, maybe it's with an account. And so I think any of us are better companies are, are better if they know where they're going and, and why. And then the, the tactic of uh, using a model like SMART to move toward that goal is fine. Goal setting sin number two, not including each individual worker in the goal setting process. Ilet Fishbach is a behavioral psychologist who teaches at the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business. She specializes in motivation and goal setting. She published a book earlier this year called Get It Done, Surprising Lessons from the Science of Motivation. The risk in setting other people's targets is they may be less committed to them, Fishbach says. In fact, they may even be rebellious. Some goals are rejected because they didn't come from within. Analysis from thousands of workplace incentive programs shows that participants perform significantly better when they help select the level of attainment they pursue. Goals must meet management's objectives, of course, but that can be accomplished while also giving each employee a sense that they are setting their own targets. When I spoke with Fishbach about the importance of self-selected goals to get full buy-in from employees, she related it to her classroom lectures on persuasion. When uh, we tell someone to, to do something, you know, they might do it, okay? And uh, they, they do it because they conform with our instructions, okay? They, they do what they're being told, but they are not buying into it necessarily. They are not committed uh, to it. Uh, they have not adopted the goal as their own. They're doing it uh, for you. And when commitment is not uh, quite there, uh, then uh, uh, this is... Uh, uh, not going to work very well. Uh, you know, when I uh, teach persuasion, I, I teach my students that persuasion is really successful when the person that you are trying to persuade feels like they persuaded themselves, okay? They don't feel like they adopted mm -hmm. your attitudes. Uh, they feel like they reached that conclusion by themselves, maybe because you asked specific questions, maybe because, you know, you provided some information, but it was their uh, conclusion, uh, when it gets to motivation, this is even more extreme because a, a goal that I personally committed to uh, is just so much more motivating than uh, uh, doing something because you asked me to, to do it. And the risk of telling people to do something is that you elicit reactants, uh, which leads people to uh, want to do exactly the thing. <laughs> Uh, that uh, you don't want them to do it. You know, it, it gets you back to when you were a teenager when you want to do just the opposite of what adults want you to do. Tom Miller says he was careful to let workers at the companies he founded play a role in setting their goals. And he does the same with his college students today. 
in a in a class that I teach, I actually teach a leadership class. And we've got a midterm coming up in a couple of weeks. The students actually design the midterm. You know, we take a, about a half a class period and say, okay, uh, what have we learned so far this semester? And they talk about that. And we say, okay, well, what's a good question to give you a chance to reflect on that and to, to um, let me know that you actually know those things. Every individual in our organization had an opportunity to design what success looked like for them. Of course, within the brackets of what our company did and within the, what was acceptable in terms of a value. And ultimately, all of us have to, to make money for our organization. To use an extreme example, you can't let somebody say, well, I'm going to work half days and um, I don't feel like having a quota this year. I think it's going to be a very busy year personally for me. <laughs> you know? So, so there's got to be some, some brackets up. Um, but within that, I think it's wonderful to let people self-select. Goal setting sin number three, failure to celebrate successes along the way to the larger goal. Business objectives can be complex and take time. In B2B sales, for example, buying teams may assess multiple offers for several months before making a purchase. There are numerous steps along the way to accomplishing big, hairy, audacious goals. Celebrating the achievement of these steps as they occur is important to maintaining employee engagement over a longer period. Fishbach explains that motivational scientists call this the goal gradient effect. The more progress you've made, the more eager you will be to keep going. Progress increases commitment, Fishbach says. Mike Sullivan is the Director of Business Development at Quality Incentive Company, which designs and administers recognition and incentive point programs. Many of the sales incentive programs they create for clients have long-term goals, such as the classic President's Club Incentive Travel Program. It's important, Sullivan says, to incorporate other goals within the larger goal so that celebrations and management recognition can take place along the way. Um, you definitely can, and most of our programs do have a, have a long-term goal that's on the horizon, but frequency of the awards is also important. You want, you want things to happen throughout the program to kind of keep people on track towards that bigger goal. So I think having frequent awards, even if they're um, of lower value, will help you stay on track towards a, obtaining attaining that, that bigger goal that's, that's down the track. So in a lot of our programs, even if the increased sales is the, is the main target and the main budget, we'll design programs where sales training is a, is a part of that, keeping you focused on, here's the things I need to do in order to make the big sale. Fishbach talks about what she calls the middle problem. People working on projects and goals with longer timelines risk losing steam. An individual or team can launch into a long-term goal with a lot of energy and end it with a similar burst, but the middle problem can lead to disengagement. It's another reason to celebrate accomplishments along the way that lead to the overall goal. Okay, and you want middles to be short because people are excited at the beginning and they, they they work hard and also they, they work well. Okay. It's not just like how uh, much energy you put in, in, in doing something. You also have higher standards. You pay attention to doing things in like the ethical and, and the best way. And then uh, again, toward the end, like if there is a clear end point, okay, then you see that, that there's another boost of like, okay, we're almost there. Let's do it and let's do it right. For sales goal, it, it really depends. Like it, it's hard to say what is the, the right length because it depends on how many sales you have and how you know, how easy it is to monitor it. So they, you know, 
I don't like an, an annual exercising uh, goal because it's way too long and it has a really long middle. I actually don't even like a monthly exercise goal. I think that it should be a weekly. Really? So, yeah, because a week okay. really has, you know, and like Monday is the first day and uh, the, the weekend is uh, like uh, the, the last couple of days and you don't have a long middle. Parsing larger goals into daily actions is the best way to approach them, says Tom Miller. Incentive programs should be structured with that in mind. Those that are listening to this that are program designers, so people who work with clients to, to, to build and operate incentive trips, what are you doing? What, what is built into that program so that the people that are being acted upon uh, wake up most mornings and think about what they need to do that day to accomplish that big goal? So if there's no short-term goals to accomplish, there's no short-term measurements so that someone can see that they're that their behavior that day in that moment accrues to the accomplishment of that annual goal, then you've just got a program that's going to recognize those that are either very, very good at what they do, unicorn types, or they got lucky. And that's, I don't think that's the goal of any incentive program or any company that's operating an incentive program. So I think, I think regular, you know, you're kind of back to this, this goal setting regular goals that can be achieved on a literally on a daily basis because ultimately our, our this day's actions are all that I can really control. So what am I doing today so that I'm better tomorrow? What do I do tomorrow that I'm I'm better the next day and, and so forth. Goal setting sin number four, failing to create an action plan around the goal. Every goal can be broken down into action steps that should allow the person to achieve it. If one or more team members fall short of their goals, ask yourself, was there a strategy in place to achieve them? Was it the right strategy? Was it followed? It's incumbent upon managers to notice as early as possible if a plan is not leading to desired results and make changes, or if a plan is not being followed and bring that person back on track. In sports, good coaches own a defeat if they didn't have their team prepared to face the opposition. The same applies for managers in a business setting. This also gets back to the compassion element that Elizabeth Grace Saunders talks about in her article for Harvard Business Review. Eilet Fishbach addresses the same thing in discussing how to give someone negative feedback if a goal is not attained. If an honest effort was made, it should be couched as a lack of progress, not a lack of commitment. In fact, she says, self-driven individuals can be motivated by a lack of progress. When you messed up, when things didn't go as, as you intended, you can either think about this as lack of commitment, okay, maybe I cannot do it, maybe the goal is not important enough, maybe I'm a, a terrible salesperson, okay, this career is, is just not for me, and these are all influences about low commitment. Or you can infer mm -hmm. that uh, you haven't made enough progress, okay, so, you know, you should work harder. And this is, by the way, again, something that experts do better, okay, and do spontaneously. So experts, when you give them negative feedback, they take it as, uh, okay, well, I need to work harder, right? They're like the, the professional pianist, you tell them that they didn't play well, they, they will work harder okay, the next day. So they get it right. Goal setting sin number five is a two-parter. Setting all or nothing goals and not being flexible with goals. All or nothing goals are either achieved or missed. There is a celebration or there isn't. In a business setting, there may be appropriate times to use all-or-nothing goals, but they are rare. Psychologists refer to all-or-nothing thinking and say it can cause a substantial amount of harm. 
All or nothing goals may lead to feelings of failure, lower self-esteem, being less likely to take risks, lack of resilience, and less self-compassion. If you hire well, self-driven workers will push themselves to achieve as much as possible. They shouldn't be made to feel their best effort was worthless by falling short of an all-or-nothing goal. Mike Sullivan says the majority of incentive programs they develop for clients include opportunities to celebrate and recognize success at several different levels. Top performers may earn their seat on an extravagant President's Club travel event, while those who demonstrate improved performance earn points toward less costly awards. He also advises managers to be ready to adjust goals when conditions change. I think, I think one thing that, regardless of the program, and goal setting is another example, they don't have to remain the same for the lifetime of the program. Your goals at the beginning of the program might be one thing, six months in, a year in, two years in, your company has changed, the competitive landscape has changed. There's no reason why the program can't change with it. So I, I think it's important that goals are there. There is, it's, there is a baseline we're measuring against, but goals can change. And I think that's okay too. And I think again, back to the, back to the kiss, uh, the keep it simple principle. If you start with a, with a baseline, something very simple, that's easy to understand that can last throughout the program. The goals may change as you go. There may be additional things that pop up in your business. You know, there's a, a pan, a pandemic happened that none of us were anticipating. And I think your, your program needs to be flexible enough to react to a changing environment. There you have it. Five important goal-setting sins to avoid. There are others, to be sure, enough for at least a couple more episodes on this topic. If you'd like to share your insights on goal-setting mistakes, email me at paul at salesandmarketing.com. We can address this topic again and may wish to feature your experiences with goal-setting errors on a future podcast episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Motivation Insiders. This podcast is a co-production of the IMA, IESP, and sales and marketing management. Thanks also to the experts who spoke with us about goal setting for this episode. If you would like to contact them, their information is available in the episode notes. And while you're there, we hope you check out other episodes. Thanks again also to the sponsor of this episode, Quality Incentive Company, which designs and administers incentive and recognition programs. You can learn more about QIC and reach out to them at www.qualityincentivecompany.com. Remember to subscribe to be notified each time a new episode of Motivation Insiders drops. I'm your host, Paul Nolan. You can reach me at paul at salesandmarketing.com to offer comments and share motivation topic ideas for future episodes. Thanks again.